I'm Blake Highlands. I'm the CEO of Lithium Ionic. It's a hard rock asset in the uh, Minas state of Brazil. Uh, Blake, you see, um, first time we've met or spoken, so I appreciate you coming on the show and talking Lithium. It seems to be uh, talk of the town at the moment, that's for sure. Um, can you just maybe tell us a little bit about you? What's your background? Where have you come from? Yeah, uh, thank you very much for having me. And uh, absolutely. So I'm uh, I'm a geologist by background. Um, uh, spend most of my time in in precious metals, base metals, a little bit in in the ag space as well, and a bit in iron ore when that was uh, kind of booming in the 2013 kind of range. Um, but then spent the last uh, four or five years actually founding a, a gold company called Trellis Gold in Northern Quebec. Um, maybe some of your listeners know it. I think uh, Justin's regular on on this platform, but. Um, um, was was part of that team that ultimately drilled that to where it is now, and uh, and uh, recently resigned as the president of, of that to to take on this role as, as CEO of Lithium Ionic. And so, so, how long have you been with um, Lithium Ionic? I started with Lithium Ionic as it was going public in in uh, May of 2022. So I started probably April ish of, of 2022 and took it public. Okay, and so I'm always interested in the kind of business plans and strategies that, that teams employ, especially. Um, you know, in, in battery metals. So you're brought on to do what? You know, what, what what was the objective then, and has that changed? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think we have such a strong technical team on the ground. Um, I think it helps myself having a bit of a technical background to be able to work really well with them from distance. You know, our our, our company is really based in Belo uh, Horizonte, which is in the Minas Gerais state in Brazil. That's really where the company is. That's the heartbeat of the company. Uh, myself, our CFO, and, and our team is is here in Toronto, and and really that's that's the the marketing, the fundraising, um, getting out there, telling the story, and and you know the the capital markets performance aspect of it. So really brought on to, to focus on that, but I think having that background helps me kind of relay what they're doing on the ground to the market as, as well as I possibly can. You know? Right. Okay. So you went, it went public um, not so long ago, but so and you've also recently just put out a well two three weeks ago put out a PEA. So it. Was it sort of advanced uh, in a, in the private capacity initially? Because you've you've kind of rushed through to economic study pretty darn quick. What what did you have back then when you went public? Nothing, nothing. You know, we had wow. a few uh, a few trenches, maybe some soil samples that were interesting. And, and I think that's the beauty of of the hard rock space is how quickly these things can move. And that also speaks to Minas Gerais State and to our team. Um, but I, I think um, when you look at drilling uh, off a hard rock tagmatite project. Um, 20 to 30,000 meters might give you a 20 million ton asset. Um, and that, that, that's where the, you know, the economics of what we put out was really based on. We used a 20 year mine life on 20, you know, 26 million tons. Um, you know, that's, that's 20 years at 1.3 million tons run a mine. It ends up being a $1.6 billion post-tax US NPV and 121% post-tax IRR. And, even at a discounted uh, spodumene price that we used, eighteen fifty, you're still only a fourteen month payback. But the projects work because, and 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 the economics on them work because, you know, the footprint of them is small compared to a big iron ore project or a big gold project or something like that. The capital to build them is small compared to other other assets, um, and defining them is quicker because I'll I'll use trillis. Trillis is a two hundred and forty million ton or or more deposit, right? This is you know twenty million tons, twenty six million tons gives you a, a twenty year mine life on a project like that with with great margins and, and great economics. Right. And so if if I look at the lithium market at the moment, obviously went on a went on a tear up till you know I don't know October last year, let's say, and then it's come off dramatically in terms of the the pricing. Um, it's it's had an impact on on equities, including including your own in a very difficult market. Must be so for equities more, more broadly, but. You've got to take a view on these things. You've got to take a view on where lithium's going, 
Um, is the EV revolution uh, going to be part, part, you know, do, do a lot of the heavy lifting for you? Is it going to slow down? And, you know, and, and what does that do in terms of how you um, drive your own projects? You've raised 30 million bucks or 28 million bucks or so um, in in. August. So, so what's the what's the plan? How do you play the market? Yeah, I mean, it's a, a big, broad question. I wish I had a crystal ball on all of it, but I think what we we have seen is uh, lithium price pulled back a little bit. What, what what we were even saying last year, you know, if you go back to interviews that I was doing then, or people I was meeting then, our CFO, some of our team, we kept saying that um, eight thousand dollar, nine thousand dollar spodumene price, and and you know, really the inflated lithium price was probably not actually healthy for the market and and for institutional investors and strategic investors i think it actually made it very difficult to invest in that space you know it, it was a it was an interesting run for for a lot of um uh, early investors and in, in retail space that, that that jumped in and kind of drove that market um but you know as as china has caught up a little bit with with supply for um you know their their conversion facilities their battery facilities um prices come back you know auctions auction pricing uh, reduces however um, we know that that's that's a blip in time, right? That the demand curve is still moving upwards. That supply will not keep up with it, especially as you know an EV movement, and and not just EV, but every green initiative needs storage, it needs batteries, it needs lithium, and so that that movement keeps going forward. Um, the green initiative moves forward globally. Um, people want to see that kind of future that's that's healthier than the one we have now, and lithium is at the fundamental elemental kind of uh core of that and um so i I think you know we've pulled back to a price that it's actually extremely healthy for projects like ours that you know have excellent margins it's investable from an institutional perspective it's investable from a strategic perspective the business is starting to build out for what you know the supply chain is going to look like um and at the same time there is still going to be a gap that needs to be filled. And so the demand for this material is going to be extremely high as we go into, you know, tw- late 24, 25, 26, when projects like this are, are scheduled to come online. So we, we're pushing as hard as we can with the capital you talked about to be able to um, get a project online in, in 2025 into 2026, which I think is going to be a, a very, very frothy time for, for lit. It's going to be frothy for those who can get there. And and I think that's going to first, first move our advantage is going to be, Critical. So, what can we expect to see from you? You've kind of, let's say, raised through. If you explain why through PEA, some quite quite good numbers uh, in there. One hundred twenty-one percent IR is, is not too shabby on on any level. Um, but are you going to be kind of racing through the kind of through to a final investment decision in, in terms of just doing just one more set of economic studies, two more sets of economics, and and, and again that 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 time frame suggests that you're going to maybe skip a skip a phase or two. I, uh, you know, it's funny. The first time I saw economics on any of these projects, I was Signal was one of the first ones I saw, and I almost fainted. Right, I came from the gold space. I couldn't believe you're paying this thing back in like hours. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, any any gold project would murder for them. So uh, it, it's, it is amazing to see what they what they can be. Our approach has very much been about becoming a supply chain story. You know, it, it's it, we put out draw results. Um, uh, that, that are high grade on a regular basis. Uh, we're going to continue to explore and grow our resources. We know we can. We're in one of the most prolific hard rock belts in the world. And we know that that resource is going to grow. But our, our focus has really actually been that first mover to get into the cycle now, to, to get this project um, into production as fast as humanly possible. We think it's going to be a massive um, 
differentiator in this market to be a project that actually comes online in 25, 26. And we have the state kind of a tier one state to, to permit in. We have projects that can move quickly enough to do it. We have a team that knows how to permit. Um, and I think that in that way, there are these projected projects that are coming online 25, 26 that are supposed to be flooding the market with material and they won't. I think we're going to be standing alone on the top of the hill um, you know, ready for that, that cycle and that, that demand curve. So, you know, our, our, our goal this year in particular has been to push a project through as quickly as possible to produce. It could have been to grow a resource as quickly as we wanted. And maybe that pushes your market cap up, but we know we're going to be able to fill that in, show more growth, more, um, production, uh, uh, scale and take it from, you know, 200,000 tons or more per annum that we're looking at doing now to 300, 400, 500,000 tons per annum. But that'll be something we can phase in and we can do it as we go. The, the key now is be alone uh, at the top of that hill. In, in, interesting. Very, very, very interesting. Because like, it's, it's a very sort of anti-Canadian of you. Usually they'd like to sort of <laughs> drilling uh, yeah. until uh, there is no more to be found. And, but yep. this is more of an Australian model in, in the sense that you're saying, right, we've got enough as it is. If there's a lot working in our favor, the economics suggest they are, well, early economics suggest that that is the case in terms of not just uh, manager station, manager us um, in, in Brazil, but close to the ports, close to the coast. Um, and hopefully those, those margins, you know, don't get eroded away by, by inflationary pressures. But if this first mover advantage thing is you are going to have to, if you are to start alone, if you are to, you know, find buyers for your concentrate if you want to find buyers for the company you're going to kind of need to prove out technically the because it's, it's a lithium is a very technical metal um you're gonna to need to you know maybe enhance the team somewhat do, do you feel or because because you are so far explorers and now moving into the development phase so but to kind of prove that technical ability um you're gonna to have to maybe staff up a bit is that the case? Yeah. Well, we're in trouble if I'm building it. Uh, so I think, you know, for us, we're, we're looking for that right person right now. We have a couple of names that we're narrowing down on that that could be the the mind builder, the project manager, and and, and ultimately uh, help us get through um, the, the construction phase of this. And if we do it right, uh, that will help us keep it on track and, and on, on cost, right, which we've seen a lot of success around us in doing that. Um, I think we have a lot of advantages in, in this and, and where the, the risk profile becomes lower in, in having access by paved roads, hydroelectric power, a community of 40,000 people right next door, um, ports, like you said, accessible by road, you know, we're accessible by 8 million people or, or sorry, 5 million people in the town of, of Bellow um, by road. I mean, we have an airport right in the community. I think that you have so many advantages there, but also we have a 30-year producer to the north of us, a small private producer in CBL. We know how these rocks are going to behave when they actually get to the mill. We know how they're going to behave when they, they're they being converted into carbonate, hydroxide, all those types of things. We also know how you know how quickly and, and, and the hiccups and what, what to see when, when a plant is being built because we just watched Sigma right next door do it. And they went from you know a $150 million company to a $5 billion company building a project on time, on budget. I, I always point to what, what an amazing job I think they're doing. And they lay out really nice blueprints for us that we can kind of follow and, and, and step in behind. So we have a lot going for us in this belt, um, being not necessarily the first one through the door, um, but but the next one through the door. Right. So if an NPT was going to bring Sigma up, uh, obviously that was like perfect case study for you. Um, they've done that without, I mean, what help did they have from outside? Because normally when we were sort of looking at brine projects and 
in Chile uh, and, and, and Argentina, you're looking at the you know Chinese know-how. Here with Hard Rock, um, the Australians prove that it's simple. Sigma's prove that it's relatively you know simple. Um, what what are the learnings for you, and you know what does that do for you? You know, you, you can learn from mistakes. In this case, I think we learned from a lot of what they did right. Um, and I think that they brought on really good people. I mean, Brian Talbot did a great job for them when they brought, uh, brought him in. Um, you know, they, they had to take a lot of expertise and knowledge from, from the Aussie market. I think we're still going to have to look at doing that. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I think in that, in that way, that's going to help us with getting a, a plant design and, and, and project design that we know works. Um, but I think we're also learning, uh, you know, from, from what's going on with them in their early stage of production, we're going to see where, um, you know, things are good and things are bad and, and where they're getting pushback where they're not, how quickly they're able to bring material online. I think we're going to learn all those things. And I'm not saying those in a negative way. Those are normal startups for any, any project. I think those are great, uh, things that we can take away from it. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see we're, we're going to have our own hiccups along the way as well, but it, it really helps having somebody start up beside us. Right. And when you say, and I'm coming out to this person for a bunch, because I think it's, 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 it's important for investors to understand the import, the significance and importance of this in, in a market, which just, you know, I, I would go so in 2017, people saying, don't worry about it. SQM and, um, it's got this covered. They'll just ramp up and we've got all the lithium in the world we need. And I, we've seen a lot of, North American um, lithium wannabes um, sprang up. We've seen a lot of gold companies, uh, nickel companies change their name uh, to include lithium. Um, it, it, it's an exciting future for, for sure, but getting over the line is the, is the important bit. Um, for you, are you serious about building a team who can build this thing, or is that just a kind of the, the competitive tension that you need to be able to maybe attract? the Sigma, the SQM, the, you know, whoever down the road to can buy this off of you. I mean, so again, how do you, how do you play that game? Yeah, I think it's, it's for us, it's, it's the, the right approach is we have a project that's highly economic and why, why wouldn't we try to push that forward and, and get that up and running? I, you know, I, I think to really play the game, we would have gone the other way. And like you said, just keep drilling, put out a bigger number, put out another resource, put out another resource, put out another resource. And that's fine. That's great. And, and I think that that approach will work for some people. But I do think um, what we give up maybe now in, in, in you know, marketable advantage, we're going to pick up on the other side as being really the only company standing there doing this. And I, I, I look around the world and there are some fantastic projects, but they are going to be tied up in permitting for a very long time. Uh, they need to figure out how they're going to get their infrastructure up and running. The cost of them will be expensive to start. And ultimately, to feed this market, they're going to need to come online. Um, but they won't come online at the same time as us. We, we, we're going to move faster than them. And that's really, I think, a, a massive advantage for us as we, as we look forward. And, you know, we don't, we don't, we have never come to work thinking, okay, let's attract SQM to come buy us tomorrow or anything like that. We've just said, we've drilled this. It's economic. Let's move. Let's get up and running. And, and I think that's the right approach. Right. There's your model. Love it. I, I guess let's talk about the money then, because if, you have said, right, we don't need to kind of keep drilling this thing out. Uh, we don't need to therefore spend money. The expensive money is, is is the drilling, right? So in terms of what is important or prioritize priority for you, what, what does that look like? What can we expect to hear from you going forward? And then what's the significance of those things? Yeah, I think it's it's important to to note we're not going to stop, right? We, we have the capital to do what we need to do. 
we have the capital to go right through our feasibility study. And, and at the same time, um, we can be uh, growing and advancing our resources in Itinga and Salinas. And, and, and we know that some of these uh, high-grade targets that we have um, can result in um, big resource growth coming in behind this kind of getting, getting into production scenario. So um, kind of like we talked about off the hop, it doesn't take a lot of drilling or a lot of cost to define something worth a lot. And that's one of the beauties of these um, deposits is that you can get on top of them, you know, maybe 10, 15, 20,000 meters of, of drilling can get you something worth, you know, billions on, on your NPV. So for us, whether it's the PEA that we have out now or whatever the feasibility is going to look like in Q1, it's, that's a moment in time. It's, it's one part of the story and we want to show that, okay, here's 200 plus thousand tons of concentrate production, but wait, here's how we go to the next 200,000 tons on top of that. You know, we go to 300, 400, 500,000 tons and those, those kind of, um, scale opportunities, I think continue to, uh, build huge value for the company, for our shareholders and, and ultimately close the gap between evaluation that you'd see from a Sigma or a lion town, you know, billions and billions of dollars. And, and we start to close that value gap by ultimately getting towards production, de-risking the project, but also having a next phase and phase after that, that, that shows, you know, scale opportunity. Right. But you said, you said a couple of times now that, you know, that's a moment in time. It's, you know, that's a, that's a picture taken in a mo- moment in time. Sigma, obviously, you know, they were, they were ahead of you in terms of timing and through the phasing that they, that they've been through. So yes, there are things to learn from them, but the market's slightly different. So I guess. Well, I'm asking about how you spend the money and what, how you're prioritizing it, because the market will value you on, a, you know, different sets of criteria from what may be perceived as, you know, valuable for the company to be able to present uh, itself as. Do you know what I mean? So it may be a case of you're being compared to Sigma, so therefore it doesn't matter what you do. There'll be that that crowd who would go. Well, it's it's similar enough. That'll do. We'll value it, value our expectations or your six billion dollar company next week, uh, and there there are going to be industry players who say, well, actually, super high grade. They keep finding super high grade, boring super high grade. They, <laughs> yeah, you, darn, you, darn. I don't know how you keep yeah. doing it. You know, and but it's it's of a scale which is interesting, but it needs to we need to see double that. So you got to play to to that to that audience. Or there's stuff that you say, well, like, we know what we're going to do. We are going to build this thing out. So it's important for that. We and Scale doesn't matter in that sense. It's really about how do we get this first mover, deliver this first mover advantage, I get into production. So it creates a barrier for others coming behind us. So do you know what I mean? There's a, there's a lot of um, moving parts on the, on the table there and, uh, and board meetings. I'm sure you're discussing all of the above. So that, that's why I want to yeah. truly understand how you're prioritizing that spend. Oh, for sure. And we have to, we have to be conscious of the market we're in right now too. I mean, we, we want to be, um, you know, we, we have to be thinking about, uh, it's great. Like you said, you know, you put out high grade news and nobody seems to care in this market. Six months ago, it was, it was great. Um, but at the same time, you know, we, we can be maybe scaled down a little from where we were 13 rigs down to, you know, four or five rigs and still be accomplishing what we want to accomplish. Um, I think that when I, I, I keep pointing to it as a moment in time, because I think what typically happens on a project like this is that you put out a PA or you move towards a feasibility study and someone goes, okay, they're done. This is what it's going to look like. Let's, let's see when the, what, what they're like when they get into production. Right? 
I think when I look at this project, I look at it a little bit differently. I, I look at our story as a supply chain story, as opposed to, you know, an exploration and, and engineering story and, and sort of waiting for mining to happen. Uh, what, what we're doing is trying to create a project that fills a gap, that fills a void. And um, it is a real supply demand gap that we are looking to, to fill in. And by moving first, you, you start to fill that in, but you want to show that you have scale and opportunity to, to continue to grow because that's how you feed a, a starving supply chain there. The, st- the, the material in the lithium space that was going to come online to help fill that gap did. Now there's nothing left, right? Now the new projects have to come online. And that's where I think we, we set, you know, a, a set ourselves apart from most. But I don't want anybody looking at this project to say it's a 200,000 ton concentrate producer with a 1.6 billion. You know, that's great. Those are great numbers. But it's just a, it's just a moment in time. It's a, it's a starting point for where we think we're going to go next and what we're going to grow to next. Um, and the demand will be there. There will be massive demand for that. And that will just create a, a huge value for us as a company as we continue to grow up. Okay. Um, no, I, I buy that. I buy that. I mean, so you talked about, you know, looking for people who can help you build this thing, build this thing out. You're also going to need to bring on people who actually understand the market because the market seems to be evolving into lots of different bifurcated markets for, for all, all the different metals, all the different sort of EV metals. Um, in the sense that China is trying to, you know, you know, retain its graphite output. Um, we, they did the same with rare earths a few years ago. Um, you know, co- the cop- copper inventories seem to ebb and flow as does, as does nickel. Um, and you've kind of got critical mineral lists, you know, being taken seriously for a change. Um, so you're in Brazil, um, obviously, I guess closest market to you wouldn't apart from um, South America would be um, the US um, and under, and it's a case of trying to understand how you sell into the markets because they may look slightly different two or three years out um, are, you, are you aware I mean you, you're obviously conscious of that but again are you searching with the kind of people where you can get advice on how to position yourself um, on the on the sales side of things of course I mean we're we're actively adding to our team but also work with very good people around us you know and i think that what you're pointing out is is truly a holy war right it's it's a it's a europe north america china holy war who's going to control this revolution this change in in how um you know the battery space and these critical materials are, are processed and that's not something that i'm you know i'm not a pontificator like it's written on i mean china's talked about it since 2015 or earlier that's why they have conversion plants that's why they have these uh, battery plants they they fully understood that this was where the industrial economy was going to go and so when when you look at the u.s and 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 often we do because i think um a u.s supply chain model is is a great one i mean it, it is it is closer um it could be an excellent trading partner it feeds into a, a growing market um you know, they, they treat it as a matter of natural, of national defense, right? It's not just a question of, oh, we want to have, uh, you know, cool looking cars. It's, it's that they want to control the industrial economy. So, um, you know, our, our conversations with different groups are, are global and we're a global company, but, but certainly to your point, you know, over the coming years here, um, 
you know, it may not be only China that's really converting these products. There are going to be new facilities that can work and 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 feed a, a different market. And in that way, pricing will change and how these things are, are controlled and manipulated will change as well. And I think, you know, we have to be, um, you know, top of the group looking at that, given the, the pace we're moving at. We have to understand who's going to take our product, who we want to give our product to, and, and try to pick our winners as we move forward. So, yeah, it, it is an ever-evolving story of, of who who is really going to do what with this material, where is it going to go, and what market is it going to feed. Um, and we have to constantly be evaluating and reevaluating how how we fit into that to that market. So, it, I mean, it's a great question, but I think it, it is going to continue to evolve as we move forward. Yeah, it's it, it's it's truly really, truly fascinating, um, especially for you know you're just coming out of exploration stage, and yet you're having to consider these things, which you know. Like say five years ago, even three, three years ago, forget it. You just, you know, metal traders would buy, would buy, buy up inventory and, you know, off you go. And that's where, you know, battery manufacturers, OEMs would get their, their, their inventory too. Um, now you are having to consider that because it'll affect where you get your money from, the cost of that money and, you know, and a bunch of other implications on, on the geopolitical front, which we won't get into today. Um, well, look, I, that's, that's a really good um, overview. I mean, so w- what, would, what would you say? Well, just one final one, okay? What would you say to um, your shareholders having seen that your stock's kind of come off a bit since you raised that money in August? Um, moment in time. A moment in time. Be patient. I think, uh, you know, it's, we can do better. We're going to do better. And, and um, you know, every day we wake up to do better. But I think from a technical perspective, we're, we're hitting, we're hitting and we're moving forward. And I, and that, listen, I, I know that every CEO and every job just says from a technical perspective, we have big technical wins, right? And shareholders go, great, but I'm losing money. You know, we, you know, I'm a big shareholder. Our teams are big shareholders. We, we are in this for the long haul. We, we see a path forward that makes sense. I think there's a little bit of pain in the market now, but projects like this, world-class jurisdictions, a path forward, growth potential, um, they're going to stand out as this thing flattens out and stabilizes a little bit. And, and as we go into, you know, the next few months, we're, we're going to, I think this is a home run. And, and that value gap is, is one that is right out in front of us. We're looking to close it. I'm talking about the, you know, the Lion Towns, the Sigmas, whatever you want. Um, you know, these are, these are massive, massive wins that uh, for people that want to enter now or the people that have stuck with us, um, they're gonna they're gonna see that value, and, and we're just gonna keep working on de-risking this. So. 